The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. Today's show is a little different, not my usual show. I'm not at the studio. I don't have a guest. Today, it's all about me, glorious, ugly, and beautiful me. Um, You know, if you listen to my show over the last couple of weeks, I had some interesting guests on And to be a good host, you have to be a very keen listener. And that's one of the major roles that I play as a coach is deep listening. But what I noticed about myself was I had an enormous amount of anxiety going on the last couple of weeks. You know, I mean, the election is taking place and that, um, you know, in just talking with my friends and family, it was really putting everybody on edge. So there's a lot of uncertainty to that. And uncertainty is the driver of anxiety. And anxiety is based on the unknown, right? The fear of the unknown, not knowing what to do. So I thought, okay, all right, fine. So the election is creating a lot of this anxiety and uncertainty. And then you got, you know, these posts that are going on on Facebook where they're sharing things like, you know, seven more Fridays until Christmas. And you, you kind of, you get a little anxious about that. You're like, what? No, it can't be. It still feels like it's summertime. Of course, it always feels like it's summertime out here in Phoenix. Um, But then I noticed that my neighbors put up Christmas lights this last weekend. And I actually kind of, I, I got a little like, taken back by it. Like, what? It's too soon. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Don't you dare put up Christmas lights this soon. I didn't, I don't want to acknowledge that the holidays are right around the corner. Of course, then you look at your workload that you have, you know, all the things that you have to be responsible for and is the years coming to an end and have you met the goals and are you reaching, you know, are you reaching the things that you need to be doing, you know, before the year is out and it's just really stressful. I mean, you know, and prepping for the next year. It's not even closing out this year. It's you're already prepping for the next year. And then, of course, you know, I got the health insurance conversation going on. And previously, I had a policy that was, you know, like $225 a month, right? Reasonable. Had a high deductible, but it was still reasonable, right? And now it's $1,100 a month. And I'm just thinking, how could how could a family do that? That's just me. How does a family do this? Um, and, you know, and make sure that they're covered. And then there's all this anxiety around that. Like, oh my gosh, I have to stay healthy because I can't afford health insurance, but I'm getting penalized if I don't have health insurance. But, you know, now I have to have a really, 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 really crappy plan of health insurance that I can afford, you know, just to be able to know that I'm, I'm safe. And all of this, then you had family concerns, relationship concerns and expectations. And then you realize that you get into this time of year and you're incredibly stressed. Now, my show last week, if you listen to it, Dr. Sierra McCauley, he is, was a clinical psychologist, and he talked about the power of empathy and how empathy is uh, kind of, in a sense, it's, uh, it, 
it's the antidote to stress and anxiety is being more empathetic to situations and being more empathetic even to yourself. And I just thought that's, you know, that's, that's crazy to be able to be this stress this time of year, but I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one to this whole entire process here. So, you know, my boyfriend said to me the other day, he's like, you've been dropping the F-bomb a lot. And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't have to be a very deep or active listener to hear what he said, but it's true. And I realized that a lot of the stress that I'm under is a result of that kind of that anger that comes out in me. Now, as, as a coach... I am aware of this. I should be more aware of this. I also have the skills and the tools to be able to support me in in becoming, you know, more aware of this. And and then you're probably asking yourself, what does any of this have to do with beauty? Well, today's about the beauty of me, and it's about the beauty of being human. And it's my personal story, and it's the story that when I'm feeling stressed and crazy and outrageous and overwhelmed, I don't feel beautiful. I don't make beautiful connections with people. I don't even worry about those things that can make me feel more beautiful, like working out and eating right uh, and going to the gym and being more friendly or more connective to those in my, you know, those in my circle or in my community. And I know as a coach that all of those things, that connection is the greatest gift you can have to be able to have a more beautiful life. And so let me clarify kind of when I say that I'm a coach. Um, You know, I coach in the following areas. I do life coaching. And life coaching is kind of an evolution of really looking at your life and where you are at now, where you want to be, and maybe what's stopping you from getting there. I also do leadership coaching. So those people that want to fall into more of a business arena. And we really talk about the the steps to be able to be a great leader. And listening, the listening is one of the big key steps that you have to kind of adapt that skill set to be a good leader. I do public speaking and I also do branding. Now, you can put all those into the category of business. Here's the deal. Coaching in itself is a very personal journey. We could call it business coaching all day long, but I promise you what we need to look at is you. You and your life. You and what's happened to you, you and the circumstances, you and the situations, you and the, the, the dynamics of things that have happened in your life are reflective as to who you're being now and maybe why you're not having the beautiful life that you had hoped for and wanted. There's a ton to this particular process. And I know that people are kind of like, oh, I never thought about having a coach before. But all of those things are tools to be able to manage Things that happen this time of year where you get stressed, you get overwhelmed, and you still want to enjoy it, and you still want to kind of make it through the process. And being being provided coaching in any of these arenas can really help to be able to have you have a more beautiful life. And the first part is always awareness. What's causing the stress? Well, I just named off all of mine. Like, I didn't realize that the election was causing an enormous amount of stress on me. And it, and again, it's because of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, half the country is going to be angry with who gets voted in. <laughs> and, you know, and then we have to kind of, like, deal with that. And I don't mean deal with that in a, in a, in a harsh way. I mean, you know, there's... 
this is something that's a little bit out of your control then once these results were all released, once once this whole awareness is coming. Now we have to accept the fact that, you know, for the next four years, we're, we're living under the leadership of somebody that maybe we liked or didn't like. And you can't have the next four years then be causing you an enormous amount of stress just because it was who you didn't want. And then you have to be empathetic, as Dr. Sierra McCauley said, to those other people that maybe did get what they wanted or you got what you wanted and they didn't get what they wanted. You have to be more empathetic to this whole process because we have to come back together as a community and you have to figure out ways to not be quite as stressed as you may be just on these things that you don't have a whole lot of control over. Now, empathy is allowing allowing myself to make those connections with others and getting noticing where I'm not connecting. So, there's this been this over the last couple of months, I would say, but certainly more over the last couple of weeks with the election in play, is you just aren't having those general conversations with people because the election is a big topic to have, but it's not a topic that a lot of people are comfortable having. Now, of course, there's an amazing amount of expression that happens on social media in regards to the election, and it's a way to express yourself, but it's also kind of, you know, creating more stress for those of us that are reading it on the other end and thinking, what? That's crazy. Empathy and worry are the opposite. And when we worry, it becomes then the culprit for stress. Now, maybe not all of you are worried about the, you know, we're worried about the election or we're concerned about, you know, who was going to be our next president type of thing. And I know I have a lot of international listeners, and I'm sure that you've all been privy to the nightmare that it's been for us over the last year and a half. Empathy and being emphatic and expressive is a way to be able to kind of release some of these fears. And it's also a way, though, that can some more fears can come up because you think that you're going to be judged or ridiculed or even worse. Now, the biggest problem here that we're talking about is actually fear. And here's what I know to be true as a coach is that fear, whether it's real or perceived, literally can take us on a journey that we don't want to be on. When fear comes up, we make different decisions. We don't make as good of decisions. We don't have the capacity of our logical or analytical part of our brain to be able to make better decisions. So when uncertainty, stress, anxiety, fear, all of these types of emotions come up, we're not making good decisions. And then we're getting stressed out and that stress is going into other parts of our life. It's also going into our families, friends, our loved ones. Everybody around us now is becoming stressed because that's an emotion that's incredibly contagious. Real or perceived, uncontrollable fear takes us down a road where we start to feel stuck. And when we start to feel stuck, we don't actually have that life that we want. We don't have joy, happiness, contentment. Um, peacefulness, all of those things that we say. You know, in, in some of the coaching processes that I do, I have people look at where they want to be 20 to 25 years out. And I want you to imagine your life at 20 to 25 years out. What do you want? Where do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What are the things you want to have? Who are the people that are around you? And what's what are these things that you want to accomplish before it's all said and done? If our greatest enemy is fear and we're afraid to look into the future 
I challenge all of you to be able to kind of look at what do you want to do, be where do you want to be in 20 to 25 years out? You can't have the beauty in your life if you have fear that's in, in right in front of you. You just can't. You can't have both of them. You can't have fear on one side that's happening in part of your brain and then logic on the other side because there's no logic in fear. Fear is designed to be able to protect us. But if we're protecting ourselves from perceived dangers or dangers that we really don't have the ability to control or change, then it's kind of like they say about worry. It's a waste of time. Yeah. So what's your greatest fear right now? If you were to say it out loud, let's say you're driving down the road listening to this broadcast, uh, you're sitting in your office, say whatever that fear is, your greatest fear, say it out loud. My fear is, and I'm going to give you a second to do that. My fear is, yeah. Now, if you're really bold and courageous, send it to me in a tweet at Bonnie Bonadeo one Let me know what your fear is. Or you can Facebook me. A Beauty Inside and Out show. Facebook me, private message me, and let me know what your fear is. And then here's the thing about fear. We, we have it. We don't understand it. We realize that it comes up. But sometimes we don't know how to manage it if it starts to build up. It starts to layer and build up and build up. And when you reach a certain point of your life and, and a certain age, what happens is you have a lot of fear that hasn't necessarily been resolved or, or you know, dissipated, and then we end up walking into our life with this fear in front of us constantly. Now, in that 20 to 25 years out that I was asking you to share, and I want you to think about even just one thing, one thing that could make your life more beautiful that you'd want 20 to 25 years out. And then I want you to think about what, why don't you have it now? What's stopping you? What's preventing you? You know, the typical answers that a lot of people say is, you know, time and money. And time and money are both just excuses to be able to prevent you from being able to not be in action sometimes. Now, I get that at the end of the day, if, the, my, if my bank account doesn't have it, then it's a big fat no. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to invest in it, whatever that is. But if it's something that I really want, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to go back and figure out how can I be paying for this and so that I can have it, even though it looks like right now I can't afford to do it. This is what I'm having to do with my health insurance right now with all of this supposed <laughs> supposed uh, Affordable Health Care Act is, you know, how do I pay for the the kind of insurance that I think I want to have, even though it's incredibly expensive right now? But how important is it? You know, and do I want to go without insurance here? So what do you want to look at 20 to 25 years out? And what are those fears that are happening right now and just thinking about it? This is usually one of the most difficult pieces of the coaching when I take people down this path is they have a really hard time writing something that feels imaginary in a sense. Um, not connected to who they are now, or, oh, it's just wishful thinking, they'll say to themselves. But if we don't at least open a window a tiny bit, a little tiny bit, and say, this is the life I want to have, do you believe that you actually can have that life? Now, I, I call the show Beauty Inside and Out for, uh, for a reason. We talk about beauty on the outside, but I promise you that the beauty on the inside is going to be able to provide 
all of that beauty on the outside. So I want you to think about these two things as we go to break. Where do you want to be 20 to 25 years from now? And what's stopping you? Now, I'm going to be offering a one-hour complimentary coaching call to anybody that emails me. And this is something that you can start right now. So you can email me, Bonnie, at BonnieBonadeo.com and write in the subject line, Comp Coach Call. Complimentary Coaching Call. Okay? Or just Comp Coach Call. And it's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Bonadeo is spelled B-O-N-A-D-E-O. So a complimentary coaching call I'm offering everybody that emails me so that you can look at what do you want 20 to 25 years from now? How do you have a better and more beautiful life? And what's the fear that's stopping you from being able to have that? So we're going to go on a break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you more of my personal story and how I got to where I'm at right now. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal. Finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Beauty Inside and Out. Today, we're the guest is me, and we're talking about the beauty of me, and it's also about my personal story. And I challenged you in the first segment here to be able to look at your life 20 to 25 years out. And I also challenged you to look at maybe what was coming up for you. Was there any anxiety, stress, fear, or why bother type of attitude that says, you know, I, I could dream all I want, but this is the life I got and this is the life I ha- I, that I'm going to deal with. We also talked about stress and how stress kind of comes up and how the brain perceives stress and, you know, under the guise of fear. And fear, 
whether it's a perceived or real danger, it doesn't matter. It doesn't know the difference. The brain does not know the difference whether it's real or whether it's perceived, whether it is a current or whether it's a past fear that's coming up and stepping into your, your life right now. And fear is the one thing that's going to stop us from being able to have a beautiful life. And I only recognize this because the last couple of weeks, three to four weeks, I've been incredibly stressed. And my boyfriend had said to me, you know, you keep dropping the F-bomb. And it, and it was true. I felt very stressed. Well, here's my story because my fear started out at a very early age. And I can't even tell you how far back early is. It could it could be in the womb. But somehow as a child, and I was the third girl in my family, and my mother kind of popped out three girls pretty quick. We were all 16 months apart. And so I'm the third girl. And somehow I thought, knew, perceived, was aware that I should have been the boy, that we didn't need another girl in the family and that we should have been the boy. And then when my parents actually had a boy, I felt very displaced because, you know, up to that point where I was zero to five, I kind of took on the role of, you know, daddy's little girl, but I thought because I needed to be a boy, I needed to, you know, to bond and have a relationship with him because I was supposed to be the boy. And of course, during these early years, I heard things like, oh, well, it's Bonnie, but she should have been Robert or, you know, we we, we should have had a boy or Bonnie was supposed to be the boy and just, just in random conversation. And as, as a young child, you kind of take that stuff in and you start to develop these these stories that are like, oh, I'm not supposed to be a girl or I'm not wanted. Um, you know, I'm not who I'm supposed to be type of thing. And all of it is, again, just things that I heard and perceived values. Well, at the age of five, I actually got sexually assaulted by the neighborhood pedophile. And we all knew he was a creepy guy. And we all knew he was there. And we all knew he did things to be able to attract kids in the neighborhood. And our parents would warn us, you know, stay away from him. He's kind of creepy type of thing. You know, the older the older 40-something-year-old that lived with his mother, very stereotypical during this time. But I just kind of got caught in this situation where I was running late from my friend's house, and, and I had the choice of, you know, going the longer way um, home or the shorter way, which was in front of his house in order to get home because I realized I was going to be late when my friend's mother said, you know, it's dinner time. And I'm like, dinner time? I should be home well before dinner time. So when I ran out of the house and ran in front of his house, it was like a magnet. It was like he was just waiting for some little kid who was late for dinner to be out in front of his house and ran and grabbed me and kidnapped me um, and sexually assaulted me. Now, I got away, but in getting away, you know, it, it, it imprints. It imprints on you. It imprints a scar. It imprints a message that you tell yourself at a young age. And this was the message that I discovered. Now, I didn't know this at the time. It took many years to be able to kind of uncover this. But the message was, I should have known better. So, if I should have known better, then I can't be very smart. I can't be a very smart person if I should have known better than to go in front of his house. It weighed on me, but it it didn't stop me from being the kid. Now, one of the things that I discovered, and of course, again, I discovered this much later in life, that what it did was it kind of, you know, instead of having a situation like this and being a victim of sexual assault, I just happened to have 
you know, a situation where I was sexually assaulted, but what I became out of it was more of a fighter, like a real fighter. Like I was a, I was a bully as a little girl in don't mess with me. I'll hurt you. You know, I would beat you up if, if you tried to hurt me. And I became very, very overly protective of myself so that I wouldn't get hurt again. That's the result of this situation happening. Now, when we become this type of person, it can serve us very well. So I became very active. I became very energetic. I was a very strong child and I became a competing gymnast and, you know, put all of that anxiety and that stress and that fight mentality. I put it all into sports and, and being very competitive. And I, you know, I was good at it. I was very good at it. And then I reached the age of 16 and uh, they put braces on my teeth and they put glasses on my face and it just kind of altered, altered everything. I mean, obviously, the putting the glasses on my face altered my ability to be able to compete. But more than that, I was almost legally blind in one of my eyes and had horrible vision in my other eye and didn't know it for a good portion of my life because I fought my way through life. And you're thinking, how did your parents not know that you couldn't see? Because I, I put on this persona that everything was fine, everything was fine, nothing's wrong with me. And that's the result of, of this happening to me. So when I put glasses on my face and I was able to really, really see, see clearly, see everything in front of me and see all that I had missed up to this point in my life. So I was like between 15 and 16. I just started bawling. I just started crying because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this what like 2020 vision is? Is this normal eyes? And then it and then I got mad. I got mad because I realized I couldn't see and I didn't know that I couldn't see like this. I didn't know everybody else could see like this. And it made me more angry. It made me even more of a fighter. And, you know, at this point, then I was a, a cheerleader and I didn't make the cheer squad again because I had braces on my teeth and glasses on my face. And that's not your typical cheerleader, right? But of course, I loved being a cheerleader. Now imagine I love being a cheerleader because I loved screaming and, and shouting and all of that was a way for me to be able to release my anger and keep that fight little girl going. And so it changed. High school changed for me. I, I absolutely started to hate high school. I didn't feel connected. I didn't feel involved. I wasn't a cheerleader anymore. Competing in gymnastics with glasses on my face made it very difficult. Hard contacts were very difficult to wear. And yet I couldn't do anything without my glasses now because I really saw what the world looked like. I saw what all of these things that I was doing, it looked like. And you just can't like not put them on your face again at this point. So I chose to get out of all of these sports at this time. And I ended up choosing to go and hanging out with my friends in the parking lot. And I can tell you, we were not studying um, out in the parking lot. Um, but I connected with some new friends and I connected with people in a different way. And, you know, part of it was, I felt like I had to give up doing the things that I really love to do because they didn't fit into my life anymore. But this is also how I found beauty. So, that's a good part of the story here is this is exactly how I found beauty is I went to my counselor and I'm like, what do I got to do to get out of high school? Like, how much do I extra do I need to take on to just graduate early and just get out of here and move on with my life, get a job, work, whatever it was. And this is which I've shared on the on, you know, my show before. This was the opportunity where they said, well, there's two things you can do that will give you high school credits and it would start in your junior year and it's, agri you know, agriculture 
opportunity or a cosmetology opportunity. And I'm like, well, what's cosmetology? And they're like, you would do hair. And I just thought, oh, now here I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a tomboy. I'm not really into beauty, but, you know, being a gymnast and a cheerleader, you had to kind of put your hair up and put makeup on your face for the events and, and the, the competitions and stuff. So I kind of figured, all right, I could do that. I could figure out how to do that. And I chose that path. And I ended up in the last two years of high school kind of going off off uh, off site from high school and going into, you know, a beauty course. And it, it gave me something to do and it gave me something else to focus on instead of the things that weren't working for me in my life. And I managed to be able to kind of actually like it and I was pretty good at it. After I got out of high school, I got married, started working in beauty, and I ended up marrying somebody that had an addictive, uh, you know, personality and got addicted to drugs. So now I'm divorced at 20-something years old. Shortly after that, my brother, who was born when I was five years old and kind of took that place of being the actual boy in the family because he was, um, he committed suicide. And it crushed the family. And yeah, this did happen around the holidays. So you can see some of my stress and anxiety that happens around the holidays is just because of past memories, past things that have happened to me, circumstances that have, have set the tone that I don't really like the holidays that much because this is the time of the year that our family's not complete anymore. And there's a lot of stigma around suicide. And, you know, so if you're stressed, you're anxious, you're depressed, any of those things, you know, and people think, oh, how can you just, you know, how do you kill yourself? How do you do that? Well, plenty of people do it and they don't let people know this. And this was certainly the situation with my brother. We didn't know. There was no note left. There was none of this typical approach to somebody is not well and it's obvious because that was not the case with our family. My brother was living his life. He was going out with his friends. He was dating a girl. He had a job. Like there was all of these things in place. He was even living with me in California at the time and seemed to be living a very normal life, having fun. Um, he was 22 at the time that he died, so this is his early 20s. None of none of this was expected. None of it, and to to none of his friends and family, did we think that this could be a potential outcome for my brother, was for him to kill himself. It was it was tragic, and unfortunately, you don't really get over those tragic and purpose deaths like that. You just have to let time pass for it to become less painful, less of something that you should have known. You should have had some indication. You should have been able to help. You shouldn't have let this happen. Like all, Those are all the things that my family probably says to ourselves all the time. And those are the things that we can't change at this point. So we're just left with the pain and trying to heal the pain in the ways that we can. And, you know, I'm really proud of my family for being able to pull together and survive this. You know, and they talk about, you know, survivors of suicide because we're the ones left holding. We're left holding the, the knowing that this happened and not knowing if we could have done anything differently to be able to do it. And... When we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're depressed, beauty is not really in our face, in our lives. 
We don't feel as though we have a beautiful life. We don't see a future of beauty. We don't see the potential and the possibility of who we could be and what we could be. And so if you know that there are people in your life that are feeling more anxious and stressed, and maybe it's you, you know, look and see what's what's behind it. Maybe what's kind of the triggering that's happening in here, okay? Now, I did end up you know, getting married again. And one of the things in this second marriage was, you know, obviously I wanted to be able to have a kid and I was told that I I couldn't get pregnant, that, um, you know, nothing was happening. There was an inability to get pregnant. In other words, it was like pretty close to being sterile. And I thought, no, this was it. This was my turning point. This was where I was like, I am not going to accept that I can't have a kid. I'm going to figure something out. And I went through different therapies, neurolinguistic, traditional hypnotism. I went to seminars. I read books. I, I wasn't willing to settle with this discovery. And, of course, it made me all the more angry and all the more of a fighter to figure out that I wasn't going to accept this. And I ended up meeting somebody in a seminar that had shared a story that they had their tubes tied and she had her tubes tied at one point in her life and she ended up marrying somebody that was much younger than her and he wanted to be able to have kids and she was able to get pregnant and they just bypassed the tubes and I thought oh well that's interesting and of course you know there's a ton of information out there about um, you know fertility treatments and you know from in vitros and everything and in talking with this woman she said well I'll just refer you to my doctor and when I met this doctor, these are the people that changed my life. These are the people that made a huge impact in my life. And when I met with him and he says, well, do you want to find out why you can't have children or do you want to just have children? And I remember that being a very powerful question. And I, and I want you to think about that from your life. Do you want to just continue living a life that you don't feel is as beautiful and as joyful as it could be? You know, and and you have to ask yourself sometimes, why am I living a life that's not as beautiful and joyful as it could be? Or do you want to just live a more beautiful and joyful life? The truth is, is you have to do the work sometimes to be able to get past these things to and in order to get to that next place. But I remember thinking, I'd done all the due diligence. They've ran every test they could on me. And what they've told me is that I'm not ever going to get pregnant. And uh, within three weeks... Um, of meeting him. So he said, you know, I'm not, there wasn't an availability for an appointment for like a couple of months, but I was able to, in three weeks, not only have an appointment with him, but also be pregnant. And it's a miracle. I'm telling you, that is a miracle. Now, the one thing that truly then kind of sealed the deal on this was my belief system started to change. I believed that there were new possibilities and new opportunities. If I could make this happen, what else could I make happen in my life? And that's when I got a coach. And that's when I really looked at my life kind of as a, as a big, broad, you know, crystal ball of what's stopping me from having the life that I want. If I was able to make this happen, what else could I make happen in my life? And what I discovered that my fight was probably the biggest thing that was stopping me. What was I, what was I fighting? And I hired a coach and the coach said to me, if you weren't fighting, what would your life look like? If you weren't always in fight mode or fighting, what would your life look like? And I remember thinking that that was another really important, significant part of my life where it's it would say to me, I don't know. If I'm not fighting, I don't know who I am. If I'm not, you know, pushing forward and, and being that fighter girl, who am I? And I remember thinking, gosh, it might be, it might be nice to be able to not feel like I'm fighting all of the time. 
What do I need to do to stop fighting? How do I need to have a life that's whole and complete, happy and joyful, alive and loving? And those were words I never used, you know, whole and complete, happy and joyful. They sound so woo-woo-ish. But I started in this area right here. I, if I want to have a healthy life, a healthy mind, body, and soul, where do I start? And the first place I started was with my body. So I went and had everything checked to make sure that I was in good, healthy standing. And I discovered that I had an, an enormous amount of food allergies from gluten to, you know, I knew about shellfish. That was one of them that I had an awareness of. But everything else that was attached to it, you know, the normal things that I was eating every day, chocolate, um, you know, other than just wheats and stuff like that, pork, you know, strawberries, things that could trigger allergies in me and to trigger allergies in your body it means that you're putting a foreign object in it and it automatically goes into fight and flight and guess what that's where a lot of my fight came from so I changed my diet and I started realizing that a lot of my fight started subsiding because I was eating foods that were that were connecting with my body not disconnecting my body and putting me into fight mode the next thing was my mind what are the things that I think about, thoughts, memories, circumstances, situations that are triggering this fight mentality in me. And I started really working on developing that story, creating the story. What's the story I've been telling myself? What's the story that is true? What's the story that I've told in order to protect myself or to keep that fight mentality alive? And then, of course, the third part was the soul level. What is some karmic past? What are some things that have happened to me that maybe haven't been healed or need to be expressed? So when I looked at my healthy mind, my healthy body, and my healthy soul, I knew that I had the ability to be able to change my life and to be able to make it a more powerful experience for me and to be able to say those things that I wrote in my 20 to 25 years out, those are the things that I wanted and those are the things I finally started to believe could happen for me. So we're going to take a break right now. And again, I'm going to let you know what my offer is. If you are resonating with any of this message and you want to have a more beautiful life, then I'm offering a free complimentary coaching call. And how you're going to do that is you're going to email me because I'm not going to know who you are unless you email me because I don't have access to my listeners like that. You're going to email me at Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. And Bonadeo is spelled B-O-N-A-D-E-O. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. So I'm, I'm sharing myself in a very personal way, and I share myself in, in my sessions and obviously with my coaching clients in this very personal way. I haven't really necessarily put it out in this way um, on my radio show that I developed called Beauty Inside and Out, and, but this show is a result of me sharing myself in such a way that things like this came to me and and I received these opportunities and these possibilities to be able to say, hey, let's let's figure out how we can make my voice bigger. Let's figure out how I can share with more people. Let's figure out why we don't feel beautiful and what we can do to feel more beautiful. And that was the that's the essence of this entire show. Now, I haven't necessarily taken on the show all by myself and shared my personal story like this. But in sharing my personal story, I want you to know that I'm just like you. I'm human just like you. I have fears. I have anxiety. I have stress. I have depression. I I sometimes don't have the answers to things. I don't know how to be able to make things work better in my life when they're not. And I know that all of the work that I'm doing and all of the skill sets that I've been able to develop, sometimes I just need to be the human and not have all the answers And sometimes I just need to, you know, even though I'm coaching many people, maybe sometimes I just need to not be coaching myself for today and just allow myself to be in this humanness of ugly and fear and stress. But I also know that if I stay in it for very long, it's not healthy. And so I I really know and understand how to get myself out of it. So I really worked on the healthy mind, body, and soul kind of capacity to be able to help me find my the life that I wanted, the beautiful life that I wanted. And like Dr. Sierra McCauley said in my show, uh, dated 11, 10, 16, uh, The Beauty of Empathy, he said, empathy is the antidote to stress, anxiety, and depression. And empathy is defined as holy listening. Listening to other people with empathy so that in those situations, you might be in a corporate office environment and you might be in a very f- stressful family situation. Listen wholly with empathy and it will reduce the stress and anxiety that you're having. Well, when you're wholly listening to yourself, you start to uncover and create your own solutions. You start to hear those patterns that you're talking about. And when you start to hear the patterns that you're talking about, you actually then become more aware of what might be stopping you, what might be causing you those stress, those 
that unneeded stress? What's causing you that anxiety? So listen to yourself with empathy as well, but listen to yourself wholly and listen to the words that you're using that might be even adding stress to you. Now, I also had my guest, Natasha Bala, on uh, that was show 11316, and it was the beauty, the beauty and the feast. And we were talking about healthy eating and how to be able to take these very healthy things that we have in our kitchen and turn them into beauty treatments. Because if they're good for us on the inside, they certainly can be good for us on the outside as well. So everyday foods as beauty treatments as well. But one of the big takeaways that I got from that show, and and this is why I love doing this show, because I get to meet and talk with the most inspiring people that have such insightful um, information for me to have a better life as well. But she said, it's not about taking away, it's about adding in. And I remember thinking that that was so profound. So like, if you're trying to eat healthy, or you are on a diet, instead of taking things away that you like, add more things in that are better for you. Fill up on those things. And then what happens is that the things that are on your plate that maybe you didn't, that you would love to eat, like a plate full of pasta, let's say, you'll eat less of it. And I thought, oh, that's such a good life lesson. Like just in general in life, that's just a good life lesson. Make better, we can make better choices with that. So fill up on the things that are good for you first. And then it means that you'll desire less of the bad stuff. Now, if you look at that whole philosophy, that whole analogy in life, you can't change your past. Your past is right there on your plate in front of you. But you can do things to enhance your future. So if your past is on the plate and you just keep eating your past, you're, you're never going to be fulfilled. So you have to be able to add a little bit of future to your plate. And the future would be the new things, the little things that you're doing for yourself. Maybe you're, you know, stretching your boundaries. Maybe you're taking more risks. Maybe you're doing a little bit more exercise or, or mind, body, soul type of work like I did. Uh, maybe you're going to, you know, actually send me an email and uh, create that opportunity to have that free complimentary coaching call with me. Whatever it is, all of these things are skills and tools that as a coach, I learn to be able to support other people. Actively listening to yourself, actively listening to others, and being able to create more awareness and connection around all of those things that you see. And all of this, again, is opening up that space. It's that it's that little window of opportunity that you're now creating available to you instead of just living the way you are in the past and things that are not changing too much. But let's do a couple examples and analogies on this whole philosophy here. Um, we'll use baseball. My son is a, he's 17. He's a big baseball player. So I'm a baseball mom and I really enjoy the strategy of the game. Um, I know some people, you know, watch baseball and think that it's like watching paint dry type of thing because it's a little slower, but there's an enormous amount of strategy behind baseball. But let's reference it from, you know, since the Cubs have won the World Series and it's all the rage now and there was more people watching the World Series than watch the Super Bowl. Yay, that's exciting to happen. And they had more of a, they had, it was like the fifth largest turnout in the world of a gathering, um, you know, when the Cubs had their parade. And so, you know, go Cubs, congratulations to our Cubs. But there was this belief that they carried on for years of not winning the championship. 
for years, hundred and some odd years, they had this belief that they were not going to, that, you know, that they couldn't win the World Series. And it was a very limiting belief, but somehow they were able to overcome it. Now, maybe they just got sick of losing, or maybe they just let that belief kind of roll out because the Cubs have a very young team. And maybe this new young team just didn't buy into the belief anymore. So I want you to think about your life. We have this lifespan where we start out from zero to wherever you're at right now. And things have happened to us. And it's created beliefs around it. We've told stories then about the way that things have happened in our life. And then what happens is it creates this limited belief system that's attached to us that we can't do certain things or we can't have certain things. And then what happens is that very thing, the result of that. If we create the story around we can't have that, then we're not going to have it. And so maybe this Cubs team, being this younger team, they just stopped buying into this belief that there was this curse on the Cubs for them to be able to ever win the World Series. And it was the most exciting seventh game that I've ever seen in baseball. So it's, you know, they really pulled it off and it's good. But I want you to think about the limiting beliefs that you have in your life. Now, let's take it down even a little bit further. Let's take it down a notch. So in baseball, they have all kinds of coaches, but let's say one of them is the hitting coach and he's helping all the players to be able to, you know, have better hitting averages here. They watch everything. They watch how you swing the bat. They watch how low they watch the balls that are coming and how you're reacting to the balls. So whether it's a curveball, a fastball, any of those things, they're watching how you're going about it. They're not just watching your physical actions. They're also watching the emotions attached to your actions in regards to when you go up to the plate and you're hitting a ball and they make adjustments to your swing so that they can get a different action. And when that action results as a positive result, a good action, you hit the ball, you, you know, you, hit a home run, whatever that is, they teach you to keep doing that action. And what happens is then it becomes muscle memory. Well, our brains as humans, it's the same way for us. When we're fed new thoughts and new actions, it becomes a muscle memory. And when those muscle memories start to happen, we create new thoughts or synapses within our brain to be able to open up a new way of thinking instead of having the thinking of limited belief process. And what you didn't know is holding you back might be coming to light now because you're creating new energies. You're creating new actions, new connections, and it's forming and creating these new results. Now, people in life, when they start to just open up that window or that door, whatever that is, that little piece of something to be able to have a new belief system and not have limited beliefs work for them, new opportunities and new people start to come in. When I went through my own coaching program, when I started really seeing how this was making a positive effect on me, when I was looking back at different parts of my life and the patterns that I'd created and all of the protectiveness that that little Bonnie was still holding on to to make sure that, that, that nothing bad could ever happen to her again. But she was bringing it into her adult life. I was bringing it into my adult life. I was making these choices of saying, nope, I'm not going to be vulnerable and I'm not going to let any of this happen to me. And here's the funny thing is that when I started to transform, when my life started to get better, 
new people started coming into it. New opportunities started to happen. And I started to actually have joy and peace and love. I started to actually have this beautiful life. And it was an amazing thing for me. And I started to really, really love my life. And really enjoy even the challenges that would come up, I started to just say, you know what, I love that I have these opportunities now because I've got a better set of tools and, I've, and I understand myself well enough from the inside that I can t- make better choices and actions for the outside. Now, this session is pre-recorded today. It's actually election day that I'm recording this session. And the reason why I'm recording this early is because the week that this is going to air I'm going to be sailing in the Virgin Islands. I'm getting certified to sail with the man that I love. And my career is going to be set aside for seven days so that I can have this joy and this love and I can experience these new things. And I never thought that these things would come to me. I never thought I'd have these opportunities in my life to be able to go sailing in, in the Caribbean, to be able to have a, a, you know, a really loving, healthy relationship in my life, to be able to be making over six figures in this career called beauty. And I love my life and it's because I've done the work. I found the people that were able to support me and I stopped fighting and stopped the fight that was leading my life and allowed more joy and peace and love and all of that stuff to come into my life. And I want that for you. I want you to have a beautiful life too. And so ask yourself, are you destined to have a more beautiful life? And if you are, and I want to be able to let you know that this this is the opportunities we have. The upcoming offer was, of course, a complimentary coaching call, one hour. Email me at bonniebonadeo.com. Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. But here's some other offers that you can find out about too, and you can still send me an email. On January 11th, we're doing a branding together coaching seminar. It's about six weeks long. It's very manageable. On February 10th and 11th, I'm doing a big breakthrough weekend with my partner, and that's going to be three days, and it's very transformational. And on April 29th and 30th, we're doing the ultimate speaker course. If you want to learn to be able to tell your story in a better way that actually has a healing uh, ability to it. Now, email me, Bonnie, at bonniebonadeo.com, private message me on Facebook and Beauty Inside and Out, or even at Bonnie Bonadeo. And I look forward to being able to support you and having a more beautiful life. And as always, thank you for joining me and remember to be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 